Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. My website is AmeriChicks.com. Be sure and check that out. And I am the AmeriChicks on Facebook and Twitter as well. Sign up for my emails and I'll keep you apprised of all the news topics and events that uh, you need to be aware of. And uh, certainly regarding our Vino and Veritas, our Wine and Truth, the study at the Federalist Papers, I'm partnering with Dr. Tom Cradenwinner on that. It is the fourth Monday of each month over at Water's Edge Winery. And it is basically getting close to sold out for the complete year. But never fear. Let me know if you'd like to be added to the wait list and we'll get you on there uh, because the demand is so high we want to figure out a way to uh, address that demand. But let's jump right in here. I am so excited to have Chris Wright in studio with me. He is the CEO and founder of Liberty Oilfield Services. Chris, welcome. Thanks, Kim. Great to be here. Um, Liberty Oilfield Services is a, a really creative company. Um, and, and basically what you have developed is a kind of a quiet hydraulic fracturing uh, company, right? Exactly. Exactly. To develop oil and gas when you're near neighborhoods, there's impacts. So we've worked to reduce those impacts and maybe the biggest one being a, a hydraulic fracturing fleet, which is as much power as a 747 jet engine, but 500 feet away, which is the closest a house or a building can be to a frac site. You can't hear it. Well, we're going to talk about that in the next segment because let's talk about the big picture. And that is, I know that you have a real heart for for what energy, affordable, reliable, and efficient energy can do for people's lives. And uh, my story is one where I totally appreciate that. My grandmother grew up in a two-room sod house on the plains of western Kansas with six brothers and sisters. And it's because... I think of reliable, affordable, and efficient energy that her granddaughter, just you know, two generations down, down the, the, the stream here, I'm able to get in a car early in the morning, get in a warm car when it's like, what, 5 or 12 degrees out there, drive over to the station. I, can, I have my cell phone that's made from a lot. There's a lot of petroleum products in that. I can text Steve, say, hey, we're ready to print the outline. I mean, I have my computer. I mean, it's made my life. I can... I can do so much, and it's because of reliable, efficient, and affordable energy. And you see that. That's been your life's work. Yeah, absolutely. I see two things that really enabled the modern world. The growth of human liberty, so not top-down, but when you let humans free to, to innovate and free enterprise, really only, really only let loose 200 years ago. That plus oil and gas is why we live twice as long today. Why instead of having 90% of the world in extreme poverty, we have less than 10%. And we got planes, trains, and automobiles, and these lives we have today. So, yes, I'm very thankful for it. And I'll tell you, there's still a billion people in the world with no access to electricity. They want what we've got, and we need to bring it. Well, and how can we do that, do you think, Chris? How can we help them with that? The, the, well, two things. Their own governments are now spreading liberty. There really has been a tremendous rise out of poverty the last 25 years because our institutions are spreading over there. There's 130,000 people every day that rise out of extreme poverty, meaning living on less than $2 a day. So it's growth in freedom, less corrupt governments, more rule of law. And it's the arrival of energy, first getting electricity, whether it's a coal power plant, whether it's uh, petroleum, oil, liquid petroleum, gas. When they, when they start to have energy like we do, as opposed to energy like our ancestors did, burning trees mostly, grass, mm-hmm. sticks, dung, 
Um, when you get modern energy, you can have a cleaner, longer, healthier, richer life. Well, and to that point, biofuels, I, that would be like what you just described, wood and, and all those kinds of things. Is that, right? Am I correct? correct? There is a lot of work in just trying to get all those fuel sources together so that you can keep your house warm. Or, you know, if you need needed lighting, you used to have lanterns or you had candles. There's a lot of work just to make sure that that basic stuff can be taken care of if you don't have access to efficient, reliable, and affordable energy. And, of course, all that work in traditional societies, and there's still, there's still over a million people living this way, all that work is done by women. So one of the biggest things when electricity arrives in your village, it liberates women. Women in a traditional society spend hours every day walking to gather wood, sticks, dung, whatever is available, and to gather water to try to walk as far away as possible from where there's humans living to try to get uncorrupted water. You bring electricity to a village, um, you have indoor heating fuel, LPG or electricity, and you've got a water pump. It, it allows women to become literate and live the modern world we live today. But the societies without modern energy, life for women more than even the, the, the men and life for children is dramatically different than our lives. You know, Chris, I had never really thought about that like that. I mean, you, you, would, think, you would think that all women would be all over this affordable, efficient, reliable energy. I can't figure out why we don't get the message out more. And, of course, in poor and traditional societies, they are all over that. They're all about that. It's the greatest inequality in the world today is those with access to electricity and modern fuels and those without. You know, at the end of the show, I normally always do a quote. And with you being on the show, I'm like, okay, what, what quote could that be? And so I, I've not read the complete book. It's, I hope I live long enough to read all the books that I want to read, I tell you, Chris. <laughs> But the, the Moral Case for Fossil Fuels by Alex Epstein, I pulled a quote of his from there. And it's almost immoral to try to stand in the way of having developing countries, you know, have access to reliable energy. I, 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 I think people, somehow they feel that they're doing a good thing when they're standing in the way of that. But, but you know, when you really look at it, what you've just described, how it empowers women to have time to go do other things. I just don't quite understand why there's been such a movement to stand in the way of all that. I, I think it's absolutely true. And, of course, it's people that already have modern, reliable fuel. They just take it for granted. They think that, oh, it would come any other way. So, yes, the World Bank, the United Nations Development Program, big entities out there, they have now prohibitions on lending money for fossil fuel development. Well, the last billion people that got electricity got them almost entirely from fossil fuels. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's an ignorance and a dangerous and, I believe, immoral ignorance that's trying to prevent these last billion people from getting access to electricity to live the way we do. The amount of people that re truly get their energy, reliable energy, from wind or solar or whatever the politically power powerful energy sources is very, very little. Yes, it's, it's, it's frankly immoral to stand in the way of people to have lives like we have, longer, healthier, richer, richer in an emotional sense way. Well, let's see. We're going to go to break here in just a minute, and I have to ask you this question. We were I was talking about Ocasio-Cortez's New Green Deal, where she is mentioning that she wants to have us to, I think, totally renewables within 10 years. I see that moving us backwards. 
I, I, I'm, I, you probably haven't had a chance to take a look at it because it just really was released yesterday. But do you have any comment on that, Chris, before we go to break? Yeah, of course. I've been, I've been following her wordings. And, and uh, there's a few countries, we have examples of it, that have tried what she's proposing. And Germany may be the biggest one. They've gone all in hundreds of billions of dollars to build a 100% renewable economy. Um, and the two impacts of it, in Germany, electricity is three times the cost of what it is in the United States, three times. And in their quest to do this, CO2 emissions, which was in theory the, the motivation to do this, have reduced less in Germany in the last decade than they have in the U.S. So the shale revolution, the, the arrival of cheap, plentiful natural gas, has done more to drive down CO2 emissions, but drive down CO2 emissions and make electricity cheaper. Investments in so-called renewables, and they truly aren't renewable, and they truly aren't clean, don't, don't, uh, don't reduce pollution. They mainly just increase the cost of electricity. And if you're wealthy, well, you, maybe you don't notice it. You feel good about yourselves. But for the average person, uh, this, this reduces their quality of life. In Great Britain, another country that's gone all in on renewables, they now have thousands of people that die every winter because they couldn't afford to heat their homes. Energy poverty. It's a growing political issue in the U.K. and Germany because they have the impacts of AOC's uh, Green New Deal. They have the highly expensive energy that comes with it. Well, I think that we need to take her seriously. Uh, you know, I, I think that we need to make sure that we go through this new Green Deal and just make the case, just like you, you did, of what the, you know, how, what the real effects are if people don't have access to um, affordable, reliable, and efficient energy. And one other thing, Chris, before we go to break, and that is what we've seen is as we've used government policy or government policy has been used to make energy more expensive, and then we, we see these, you know, hardworking moms and dads that are, you know, their energy bills are going up significantly. Then the next thing you see is you see public policy that comes in and says, oh, well, we're going to, you know, create a program to assist you with your energy costs. And it becomes a, it, it becomes this snowball effect, and and people don't want to be. I mean, I don't think most people want to be reliable, re, rely on the government. I don't think that they want to have government programs to help them make ends meet. So if government makes something more expensive and then comes in and tries to help you afford it, it just seems like it's a, it's something that's out of control and unsustainable. I agree 100. percent It becomes a snowball effect. California is sort of the leading edge of that here in the United States. They have think of how wealthy California is. California has the highest poverty rate in the nation. And one reason for that, one reason for that is just what you're saying. They're trying to remake their energy grid, and they've driven energy prices up. They've driven industry and blue-collar jobs out. Um, And, of course, they've got all sorts of other restrictions on human freedom and liberty. So they take Hollywood and Silicon Valley and aerospace and these tremendous industries in this beautiful state, which I lived in for 19 years. And with given all that, how do you create the highest poverty rate? rate in the nation it's large government trying to re-engineer and change societies oh, you nailed that that's for sure we're talking with chris wright he is the founder and ceo of liberty oilfield services we're going to go to break when we come back uh you chris saw a, a challenge and instead of looking to government to fix that he put on his thinking cap and they came up with liberty oilfield services which it's a quiet hydraulic, uh, hydraulic fracturing system that is absolutely fascinating. So stay tuned. You won't want to miss it.
Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Dissecting issues is right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree? Let's have a conversation. Thrilled to have in studio with with me is Chris Wright. He's the founder and CEO of Liberty Oilfield Services. And it is a really creative company. Welcome, Chris. It's wonderful to have you here. Thanks so much, Kim. Wonderful to be here and sit in this studio looking at a giant American flag. Isn't that great? I love it. So let's start off. Liberty Oilfield Services. I have a feeling that Liberty is not an accident that when you named your company. No, it's not an accident. It means just what it says. Okay. So hydraulic fracturing is actually, I mean, it, it's been getting a bad rap. Uh, there's been, all, and it seems, it seems like there's all kinds of issues that come up with it regarding noise or, you know, a variety of things. And, but yet hydraulic fracturing has, has made America energy independent and we are a net exporter of energy. Can you believe it? When it used to be, people talked about, we, we would go to war for oil we now, we now have enough, and it's, I think it's because of creativity and innovation of hydraulic fracturing. It's absolutely true. It is, look, I went to college to work on fusion energy at MIT. I worked on solar energy in graduate school and geothermal energy afterwards. I did all that because I was told when I was a kid in high school here in Denver that we were going to run out of oil and gas within 15 or 20 years. What would the world be without that? That's a horrifying idea. So I went to work on the next generation of energy. What I didn't realize was by far the biggest innovation in energy was going to come within the oil and gas business. And, of course, I I should have known back when I was young, there's no prospect at all of us ever running out of oil and gas. As I say, the Stone Age didn't end because we ran out of stones. So the, 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 the amount of oil and gas underground is immense. What's really been the limit is just the technology to extract it. But over the last 150 years, that technology has gotten better, continuously better which is why today the known reserves, the easily producible oil and gas, is greater than it's ever been after 150 years of consumption. Isn't that amazing? So innovations in energy. Uh, you mentioned that the industry has continued to come up with, with new ideas. So, but hydraulic fracturing, uh, it's, it's an interesting process. I've, I've actually been out uh, to one of the sites and saw what Liberty Oil Field Services does. And I was absolutely fascinated. But one of the things that, that had been concerning to moms in some of these fracturing sites was the fact that it was so noisy. And so then you had city councils and you had, you know, county commissioners say, oh, well, we need to regulate the noise, blah, blah, blah. You're like, wait a minute. We don't need to look to government for this. You said we can come up with a solution. And you did. Tell us about it. Yes. Look, there's two oppositions to oil and gas. One is a broader, we hate oil and gas, climate change. We don't like capitalism. That's the broader one. But the local ones is is very legitimate. It's the noise, it's trucks, it's dust and all that. So we've worked to try to develop technologies to minimize that impact when we're in your neighborhood. And one of them, the one you're referring to, was to develop a, a way to make a fracture fleet, which is a bunch of pump trucks that have the power of a 747 jet engine. Think how loud that is when, we're, when you're at an airport, mm-hmm. if you're near a giant plane. So we worked for two years to develop sound suppression technologies a uh, long effort, but a great congratulations to the engineering team to make a frack fleet that you can't hear 500 feet away. And if you're if you live in a house, the closest you could be to a frack site is 500 feet. That was the design criterion. Remove that problem. Well, I've been out to one of the sites, and it was absolutely fascinating. So you know, if you open up the truck door, it's pretty darn loud. You close it. I mean, I don't know how you guys did it, but it's just so inspiring when. 
you know, I think Ronald Reagan said, you know, or I'm paraphrasing, but basically the only limits that we put on ourselves is the ones that we put on ourselves. Otherwise, the sky's the limit. Creativity and innovation. And uh, so you worked on this for two years. We're going to be getting close to the end of the conversation. Kind of let's sum up some of the things that you want to make sure that people know about uh, Liberty Oilfield Services and the process you guys went through. Yes, it, it, it's that problems that, that involve engineering or technology can, can be solved. Humans are ingenious. That Think of the Internet. Think of our cell phones. Think of everything in our modern world. A lot of these things we didn't think were possible 10 years before they arrived. Right. So when humans are free to innovate and serve consumer needs, because what people want keeps changing. That's how progress happens. When someone up top decides to make a plan, which direction thou shall go, that's how you kill innovation. And that's how you slow the improvement in human lives. Well, and we've seen that play out in Venezuela. Venezuela, uh, I remember years ago, about 40 years ago, was, was a thriving, wealthy, prosperous country. And now people are standing in line for food. And it's not because they don't have the resources. It's because of government policy. And so, as you mentioned, if, if, if we unleash the mind, it, it, it's unlimited. We don't know what's going to happen for sure. Throughout all of human history, human life expectancy was sort of 30 to 35 years. Like, I don't think we would be here today. And then what happened a couple hundred years ago is we really reduced top-down control. Think of the start of this country. And we let bottom-up, let people pursue whatever dreams or needs they have, the pursuit of happiness. And in just two centuries, we've doubled how long people live across the whole globe, not just in our country. But I, I, you're 100% right, Kim. When humans are free to pursue their dreams and passions, wonderful things happen. When we put barriers in front of that, um, tragic things happen, as you see in Venezuela. Well, that's for sure. So, Chris Wright, it's just been absolutely fascinating to have you in studio. And we're going to do this on a monthly basis, talk about innovations in energy, because I think it's really important that people understand what is going on, the creativity and innovation. And I find it inspiring what you and your team has done over at Liberty Oilfield Services. So thank you so much. Thank you. My honor to be here.